I, I kind of like to say that I live in the gray space um, of where our society is right now. And I mean that in the sense of you go on social media, we've got a ton of like fitness influencers, people who say, do these workouts, eat these meals, and you'll look exactly like me, right? Mm. Um, to the point where people become obsessed, where they become controlled by food, controlled by the scale. And then we've got the opposite end of the spectrum that is more like body positivity. It says, be happy in who you are. Don't try to be like anybody else, right? You don't have to worry about those things. And I think that there's beauty in both sides, right? We got to bring it back to the middle of saying, I can love who I am right now while also wanting to be happier, healthier, stronger, more confident. But we can't become those things if we don't love who we are. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, and today we have an exciting guest, Alexandra Simpek, who is commonly referred to as Coach Allie, and she is an internationally certified body image and food freedom coach. After a decade of disordered eating and trying to hate herself skinny, Coach Allie craved more from her life than a smaller gene size. Today, she's changing the narrative of what healthy looks like by helping women transform their relationship with food and who they see in the mirror. Allie. So Allie and I actually connected like, what was that like last Friday or something like, like a week and a half ago? Yeah, like a week ago. I don't know, recently. Um, and yeah, through our conversation, I was like, we need to get you on the podcast. So here we are. I'm excited. Like just, uh, jumping in hot and starting to stalk you right off the bat. So right. Exactly. It's just like, make that connection. What else is Instagram for? Right. <laughs> I love it. So Allie, can you give us a little just background on how you got to where you are? I know, you know, your bio says some of it, you had a decade of disordered eating, um, trying to hate yourself skinny. And now you're coaching women through that and to really create more, um, in their life. But what's like, what, what sparked this journey for you? Yeah. I, uh, I always joke that I'm like, how much time do we have? Yeah. Because we talk about our stories, right. They start so much, uh, deeper into our past than some of us even like to admit, Mm. right. And just like show up one day and say, this is what I want to do with my life. Um, or at least I didn't, right. I grew up in a family that, um, owned a gym. Uh, my dad was also a chiropractor. And so I grew up in the fitness world. Um, that was, you know, what I was surrounded by. And then also growing up in the nineties, right. Our media, our advertising, everything we saw was telling women, this is what you need to look like in order to be beautiful, healthy, worthy, accepted. Right. And that was not the body type that I had. 
I have always been curvy. I have always been taller or larger than my friends. Um, and so from a young age, I already started to pick myself apart, compare myself to the people around me. Um, and I think like so many women can attest to, um, we just start to, to believe that we're not worthy, that we need to be fixed in order to be loved or to be enough. Um, and somewhere along the way, we change the narrative to thinking, well, I'm not healthy. This isn't what healthy looks like, right? So I went from probably sixth grade was the first time I started counting calories, uh, trying to make my body smaller. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been doing like, it. How did, I just, when I hear that, I'm like, I didn't even know what count. I don't think I knew what counting calories was at sixth grade. <laughs> Yeah. And I, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, was because my mom was trying to educate me. Mm. She was doing it from mm. a place of love of like trying to help me understand food. Right. Um, and unfortunately I took it the opposite, right. It was a way for me to control food. It was a way for me to control myself. Um, and when it failed or when I wasn't able to be quote unquote disciplined enough, I took that as I'm the broken, I'm, I'm the, the problem. Right. Um, and so over probably a, a decade going into college, going into, um, young adulthood, I was still trying to find ways to be smaller, to fix myself. My main, uh, focus was to always find the newest thing, the next diet, the next fad. Um, I did everything under the sun trying to fix myself and nothing ever worked. I never felt any happier. I never felt like, oh yeah, I'm good now. I can do this the rest of my life. Um, if anything, even at my smallest, I was the most miserable. And fast forward to, I was living in Austin, Texas at the time. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. So very big life shift there. Um, working on a lot of my own issues with food, understanding where they come from, and really having this kind of come to Jesus moment with myself of like, if I can't have chocolate, what is, what is the point? What is actually the point? Like if I, I can't enjoy the things that I love in life and be okay with it, why am I doing this? And who am I doing it for? Right. Mm. Um, really got into discovering, like I, I can share my own story and help other women. Other women don't have to feel frustrated and disconnected to their bodies and like they're alone because I would argue that more women than not struggle with this, but we see it as normal, mm -hmm. right? We connect over, uh, <laughs> complaining about ourselves in the bathroom or about, Oh, well, I'm on this diet. What have you tried? Right. That's almost how we connect now mm -hmm. rather than now, what I'm trying to teach women is how can we uplift each other? How can we encourage each other to respect our bodies and respect who we are? Um, so finding that happy balance of healthy, confident, and actually happy. Yes. Okay. There's so many things that I loved about what you said, but a couple of things that really jumped out at me is, I mean, first things first, I totally agree. I think women, no matter what size you are, whether you're tiny and skinny, whether you're curvy, like any size that you are, I have rarely been around women and not heard some sort of like 
even if it's about facial features or, you know, something being wanting something slightly different or hair. I think of hair. It's like everyone wants what they don't have. Like I've got straight hair. It's like, oh, your curly hair is so beautiful. I always wanted curly hair. You know, it's like things like that. What's so actually, what's so funny about you making that comment is my hair was actually a huge trigger for me when I was struggling with body dysmorphia and hating the body I lived in my hair was what I was always complimented on. And so I saw it as, well, I have a pretty face and I have nice hair and everything else is, is broken. If I could just fix the other pieces. Mm. Um, And recently I actually shared this with a lot of my followers is um, I had my, my hair had gotten so damaged from the decades of dieting, from the stressors that I put my body through that I ended up having to cut it all off about a year ago. And I had like a full-blown panic attack, even as a coach who does this work, Mm. because so much of my identity was still tied to my hair and not even realizing that that was still a trigger. Right. Wow. That, that example has really hit home, but it is, it is like, you know, there's, there's so many things that people can find and, and be unhappy with. But another theme that comes up is societal norms and feeling like we have to fit into this box. And that's something that I love about this movement too, is not only for the fact of actually freeing yourself and loving yourself for who you are and not being tied up in this specific way, but also not fitting into the box of what you feel like society. And I feel like this is such a perfect example with women and what we're modeled is like beautiful and what we should be like is to me, another form of societal norms and fitting into this box. And what I feel like you're really doing with women too, is allowing them to free themselves out of and break out of this box. And I love that you said, who am I doing it for? Like so many things in life, that reflection of who am I doing this for? Whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, your, what you're doing with your diet or your mindset or your hobbies or your work. It's like, you always have to come back to that of, is this really to nurture myself? Is this really for myself or who is this for? Yeah. One of the, I think one of the biggest questions I, I love to ask clients is what do you think weight loss is going to give you? Mm. Right. Because when we ask a woman, it's a a very common answer is, well, I just want to lose weight. Yeah. I'll feel confident in my body when I'll Mm -hmm. love myself when, right. We always have the weight untils or the wins, right. Or I should be this size. I should look like her, right. Mm. All the, the shooting yourself to death because you're never going to make everyone happy. And so I ask like, what do you think weight loss is going to give you? And it's usually that that is what we're looking for. We're looking for what it's going to give us, whether that's confidence, happiness, love, acceptance, right? It's the thing underneath that we're Mm -hmm. looking for. And we look at like our bodies and food as the control mechanism, right? The things that we can blame, the things that we can control and manipulate that are supposed to give us those things. Um, Something that I I think is super interesting is I teach my clients this method of thoughts, create your feelings, feelings, create your actions and actions, create your results. And we live in a society that is very action and results based, Mm -hmm. right? It says you should be doing this because then you'll get this result. 
do X, Y, and Z, and you'll look this way. Right. right. And the issue there is that we're never actually changing our habits and our feelings behind the action. Mm. Right. And so we fall into this trap of going down this like toxic cycle of starting over again and getting back on the wagon, which I don't know about you. I don't know why we even say that because yes, I'm from Nebraska, but I don't know the last time I saw a wagon. Like there's no, reason. <laughs> Oh my God. Right. Like if I'm going to get true. back on something, it's not going to be a wagon. <laughs> like, yeah. Like what the hell, where the hell did that come from? Um, but it's, it's looking at if you've done the same shit different day, mm-hmm. just repeating the action and results. And you're going to get frustrated because nothing ever works because we haven't actually changed the way we think and we feel. Mm, so that's really your focus in your coaching is really focusing on the, the habits behind how you think, how you feel and letting that ripple out. Absolutely. Because I, I kind of like to say that I live in the gray space, um, of where our society is right now. And I mean that in the sense of if you go on social media, we've got a ton of like fitness influencers, people who say, do these workouts, eat these meals, and you'll look exactly like me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where people become obsessed, where they become controlled by food, controlled by the scale. And then we've got the opposite end of the spectrum. That is more like body positivity. It says, be happy in who you are. Don't try to be like anybody else, right? You don't have to worry about those things. And I think that there's beauty in both sides, right? We got to bring it back to the middle of saying, I can love who I am right now while also wanting to be happier, healthier, stronger, more confident. But we can't become those things if we don't love who we are. Then you're just stuck in upwards battle, right? Mm-hmm. Goes back to to who am I doing it for if it's not for me? Yeah, and I really love the gray area too because I see that a lot as well. With there are these two extremes. There's full body positivity, and it doesn't matter, you know, what you eat, if you work out, or anything like that. Just love yourself regardless, and just be happy with how you are. And then there is that extreme you know, fit fitness influencer side of things of like strict and, and everywhere like that. And yeah, I'm curious how you feel like, especially going from controlling and counting calories and things like that when you were younger, like where, where is your approach with that now? Cause of course we all have different body types and styles, but there are like obviously advantages to to some of these things that make us healthier, you know, paying attention to what we're eating and eating better choices and, um, finding the balance. So where do you fall with that as far as approach for, of course, focusing on the mindset, but then also taking some of these kind of like realistic, I guess, approaches to meeting certain goals that you might have. Yeah, totally. I think you hit the nail on the head with one word that you said balance, Mm. right? Finding what balance looks like for you with the goals that you have. Um, so for, for example, I, I was someone that, I mean, I recalculated my macros on a daily basis because I thought I was missing something. Mm. I weighed out every single meal that I had. I brought my food to work with me to reheat it. Right. I was constantly tracking and thinking about food and worrying about food and, you know, analyzing my body. 
And it got to be the point where it was, it was obsessive, but it was exhausting. Yeah. However, the other side, right. The freedom aspect of saying, oh, well, what if you just never thought about food that felt impossible, but also terrifying, Mm. right? Because when you have been so controlled for so long and you've been taught that narrative, freedom sounds like everything will fall apart. Yeah. I won't have control anymore. I, all of my fears will come true because I won't be managing it. Right. And so where I'm at now and and what I coach my clients, um, is really the, the basis of intuitive eating. And when I say that, um, I think a lot of people assume intuitive eating means, oh, I get to eat like an asshole and do whatever I want, (laughs) Um, which like that sounds so great in theory, but, um, if you were to do that, say you were to eat ice cream for every single meal, you're going to probably feel like crap. Yeah. You're going to probably look like crap. Right. Mm. And you're also going to get sick of it. Right. So intuitive eating and the, and the principles that I teach look so much more at who are you being around food and movement less about what foods you're eating. Right. Because it's not rocket science. We know fruits and vegetables are going to be probably more nutritious for you. Mm-hmm. However, nice. if you only ever eat those, your brain is being told, I can't have, I can't have, I can't have. And so what do we do? We binge eat on the things that we can't have, right? So I teach women how to find that balanced approach of respecting their body through nutrition while also enjoying the things that satisfy them so that there is more of a balance and they don't have that drastic restriction and binge mm. mentality, which usually ruins our metabolism, makes yep. it harder to lose weight, right? It, those are all the things that dieting causes because there's that harsh restriction. Mm. Um, I bring it back to like, let's hang out here in the gray space where you can have everything, but you also are consciously choosing to respect your body. Yes. Eating I love is I probably that not respecting yes. your body. <laughs> Yeah. I love that approach. It's like you, you can eat whatever you want, but what are you choosing based on your goals and how you want to feel and how, you know, what, what is going to feel the best for you? I love that. So I want to semi switch gears here a little bit with you starting your business. I know you've been in business for several years now doing this work as a coach and have worked with many women. Um, what I see a lot and what I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are kind of coming from, um, we have all stage entrepreneurs listening, lots of women, lots of women in wellness, lots of women doing solid work. And something that comes up a lot around this process is of course the mindset in, in both, you know, feeling better in your body. And also like, I correlate everything, like I correlate everything to business because it's so overlapping when we're talking about mindset and growth. Everything intertwines. Exactly. And uh, mindset is obviously a huge piece of business growth, putting yourself out there, especially in an area that could be a lot more sensitive or that people may feel more uncomfortable. Like if somebody has struggled with disordered eating, you know, they may not feel as comfortable sharing that. Like, how has that process been with you for you starting as, um, a coach in this field? Did you ever kind of struggle with that or feel like, Oh, sharing these stories 
feels intimidating or were you just like, nah, <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. Girl, if I, if I did not struggle, I would be doing a disservice to my clients. Mm. Right. I think that the entrepreneurs and the coaches and the people that are in this space that are truly doing what they're passionate about more often than not, they're doing it because they were in it. Mm-hmm. And that gives them the leg up that gives them the ability to empathize and to understand and to say, I get it. Shit sucks because I've been in it. Right. Um, that doesn't take away the absolute like terror of sharing your story. Right. Um, right. Especially getting started in this. I didn't know many coaches. I didn't really know this was a career that I could go into. I just kind of took a leap one day and said, all right, I'm going to put everything out there and see if it resonates with anyone. Hmm. I know that it, it's resonated with some of my friends, but I wonder if there's more to this, if there's more women that this hits home for, or has had similar experiences. Um, and every single time was terrifying. It was scary to share. Right. But the more I shared, the more people came out of the woodwork, more people reached out and said like, Hey, thank you for saying that because I've, I've been in that space or I am in that space. Right. Um, so I think a big part of it is like radical vulnerability. Yeah. It's saying like, okay, if I actually want to help people do this work, I not only have to show them how to be vulnerable, but I have to lead by example. Hmm. And that can be really difficult because like you and I have talked about, um, it's not like you do this work and then everything's magically perfect and wonderful and your right. head never changes, right? Yep. Like we all go through the ebb, ebb and flow of life. And I'm the first one to admit, like my mindset is not always, you know, hundred percent positive, right? There's always the limiting beliefs, the self-doubt, um, the challenges that show up in life. And it's about learning the tools to shift into, okay, how do I find gratitude in this space? How do I maybe sit in this space and and hear the feedback that's coming? Um, Or how do I find like, what is in alignment for me next? And that was actually something you, you have shared uh, from your own story of like, okay, what's in alignment for me as I move forward? Because that's also a lot of the change. Um, So yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of that of, of being a coach. Yeah. None of it, um, (laughs) none of it has a game plan. Sometimes you just got to roll with it, man. Yeah. And it's such a good point too, that, and I think this is a nice reminder for coaches, for women that are doing this healing work and coaching work that you can be an expert at something. You can help people transfer, transform their lives so potently. And you can also still struggle with that very thing at times. You know, you're still human. You still have the same challenges. It's about how you learn the tools to overcome them. And I think a lot of times with coaches specifically too, if they feel like they're going through a tougher time in the subject that they teach on, they just totally pull away. Like I can't help anyone else because I'm having, I'm having struggles again with this, or I'm having something coming up, but so much more importantly is to actually show how you're leading yourself through that. Even, even through the struggles. Yes. I think, I think that's the, you hit the nail on the head is not only leading people through it, but saying, Hey, I'm human. Yeah. I don't have all the answers and that's okay because 
we're not supposed to know everything. That's why we have community. That's why we do life together with other people. Mm. That's why we reach out for help, right? I always uh, tell my clients, like every good coach also needs a coach. Mm -hmm. I didn't get here just magically learning all this stuff on my own. Right. I got here because I also said, hi, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I need some guidance. I need someone to level me up. I need someone to tell me I'm not crazy. Hmm. And that process is vulnerable too. I want to point that out because both ends of, you know, the work that you're doing for other women and putting yourself out there and, and me and every, you know, anyone else listening that has a soul led business like this and kind of consulting and coaching is that's vulnerable to put yourself out there. And it's also vulnerable for your clients to reach out and say, maybe, Hey, I need help with this. Hey, I need support. So how can you expect them to be vulnerable and show up and make these changes if you're not modeling that? Absolutely. And I think also just holding space for people, Hmm. right? So much of our business has as much as, as we live on social media, right? It has so much less to do with what we're posting or what we're sharing or, or what our program looks like. It has so much more to do with what is the why behind it? And are you truly holding space for people? Hmm. Right. Are we truly having connections and conversations that maybe lead to nowhere, but we don't know how much those are impacting the person that we're talking to. Hmm. I, I, um, I said something to one of my clients this morning is, Like rather than looking at all the things you have to do that day, how can we reframe and say, okay, what magic is going to happen today? What cool things are going to happen to me today? Right. And I take that into, into business, right? Things are always constantly evolving. There are going to be days where my mindset is not uh, where it needs to be, or I'm struggling with uh, body dysmorphia. It loves to creep back in unannounced. Mm but how do I shift the mentality from fixing to understanding, to uh, shifting, to right to, to leveling up from where I once was rather than comparing to where I need to be. Hmm. And in talking about mindset and still working through this, do you have like a favorite practice or, or are there a couple things that you really like to do when you're feeling on more of those off days, whether, whether it is with business, whether it's with disordered eating, whether it's, you know, with something that you're struggling with, what are, what are some of your personal favorite practices? So two things come to mind for me. Um, I have always been a words person. Um, I love writing. I love reading. I love like the way that words can convey emotion, right? Um, and something that helps me a ton is having time to either journal or to do a devotional or to just sit with what is going on in my head that day and write it out, right? Get it out of my body, put it on paper and actively choose, okay, this is what's coming out, but then this is how I'm going to shift it, right? This is what I actually want the narrative to be today for me, um, And then the second is moving my body. I think a huge piece that uh, when we're struggling with depression, anxiety, worries, fears, we can't get out of our head is that we physically need to move it out of our bodies. And that doesn't mean like, oh, I have to go do this super hardcore workout where I'm dying and sweating on on the floor, right? 
that can mean just like go on a walk, get outside, get out of your environment. Um, we live on our heads so much that we have to actively take ourselves out of that space in order for something to change. Yes. Drop into your body, get out of your mind. What are your favorite, uh, this is like a random question, but what are your favorite forms of exercise anyways? Do you have like, I like to lift heavy shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always, uh, you know, from, from my history of struggling with my body, I always thought, you know, taking back to what you said about shoulds, I always Mm. thought I should do more cardio. I should do, you know, light, light weight and high repetition. I should do, um, these classes that were at gyms, I should, I should, I should. Um, and I realized what I gravitated towards was being strong. Mm. I loved the feeling of being strong and looking powerful and, um, what my body was capable of doing when I wasn't trying to make it smaller. Uh, so I fell in love with lifting heavy shit. I've recently, uh, started to dive more into like strength and conditioning. So actually making myself do some of the, the things that are good for my heart, um, (laughs) myself in those ways. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I joke that I'm a a fitness junkie. I belong to like six gyms. It's fine. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) Passion project. Because I think, um, you know, something I challenge my own clients to do is like, what does joyful movement mean to you? Yeah. And, and that's allowed to change on any given day. Hmm. So there might be a day where I'm like, yes, I want to go to the gym and lift something, but there also might be a day where I'm like, I, my soul really needs to go to a yoga class. I need to drop in. Right. There might be a moment where, um, you know, I need to go to a cycle class and feel just like the energy of people around me and like the loud music. Um, or for some people that is just like, take your dog on a walk. Go get lost in whatever city you live in, right? Movement can be different for every single person. I think that's such an important thing to point out too, is another part of the shoulds and fitting yourself into a box and the societal norms is like, oh, you should do cardio to lose weight. You should do this certain exercise. This is the best thing to do. And everyone is unique, just like in any goals that you have, whether it is fitness or business, you need to find what the way in which you are lit up doing that thing. And that's how you're going to be successful is if you actually enjoy it. Like, how can you, how can you find ways to actually enjoy the movement or the process of what you're doing? And that's how you're going to find the most success. And and that's actually what I base my business model off of Mm, is what you just said, punishment versus pleasure, Mm. because what you actually enjoy doing nine times out of 10, you're going to probably do it again. Mm. Right. The, uh, the example that I love to use is like your alarm in the morning. If it feels better to snooze your alarm than it does to get out of bed, which one are you going to probably do more often? Right. Probably snooze your alarm. Right. But if you set up your day where you're so excited for your first appointment or, Mm you get to go and have coffee with a friend or you're moving your body, right? You're setting up your day that way. Well, you're probably going to get out of bed easier because you're excited to do what's pleasurable. Right. I act well, I, this is funny. Cause I saw a meme yesterday. Somebody posted on social media that was something along the lines of like, 
me on a regular day. I I'm not a morning person. I can't get up me like up at 3am for a flight, like so excited, like bouncing off the walls. It's like, you can wake up at the same time for different reasons. I think of that back in my corporate job and my sales job, I would wake up. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I started early, but it was like, I would dread, dread it. I would feel exhausted. I would be dragging my feet. And now it's like, I'll wake up at the same time or earlier to teach a yoga class. And I don't take clients super early, but I love my morning routine. I love being able to have a slow morning. I love meditating. I love making my, you know, coffee smoothie. I love going on a walk. You know, it's exciting to get up and start your day when you have something that you're looking forward to. Yes. I love it. And and I think, uh, you know, something that I talk a lot with, with my women on is, you know, kind of the question of, well, that sounds nice if you're self-employed right? It sounds nice mm. for an entrepreneur and you can have a slow morning or you can structure your morning, however you want it. But for those people that are in corporate or are maybe moms or right. not get to choose their morning, right? How can we add things in? How can we maybe shift things a little bit so that you do look forward to that time, mm. right? Other than if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to probably always hate it. Right there's always things that we can add or shift that maybe don't involve a career change. If you actually mm-hmm. like your job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's that saying of change. If you don't like something, change it or change your mindset around it. So it could even be shifting, you know, what you don't like about it and how you can change your mindset to enjoy it more. Like how can you, how I actually, um, I had Rebecca Ives on the uh, podcast a few back And we talked about this with creating content on Instagram is like specifically for people with ADHD, which I have, you know, like, how do you stay? You do do. Yeah. I feel like so many entrepreneurs do. So many people that I talk to are like, yeah, me too. Um, We're over here. Like we can't sit still. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's why we're probably entrepreneurs. Like we want to do a million different things. But, um, is, is yeah. Bring just bringing joy into it. It was the same thing with, with content creation. Like, yeah, of course you could say, oh, I don't like content creation, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to try to grow my business another way. Yeah, you could grow your business another way. But also social media is like this amazing free platform that we can reach millions of people on. So how can you make it more enjoyable? Does it look like doing reels, like doing fun skits, doing the dances, or does that make you repulsed and it's way more fun to do like carousels or pictures or, you know, plan out your content or go with the flow or, you know, how can you make it, how can you switch your mindset around it to make it more enjoyable for you? And I think that, I mean, like we've been saying is everything seems to kind of drip in and tie into each other mm. mentality when it comes to your body, when it comes to your career, when it comes to your relationship, right. Is nothing changes. If nothing changes. Yes. I love that quote too. I, uh, I look at it a lot when it comes to like what I coach is okay. Your body probably impacts your food and mindset. And if you don't feel good in your body and you are scared of food and your mindset is trash. Okay. Your relationships are probably not thriving. Yep. You're probably not showing up in your career or in your life in a fulfilled way, mm-hmm. right? It all trickles into one another and it all comes back to this is your life. No one else's, right? This is your story. 
what do you actually want it to say? Or is it going to be the same shit, different day for the next 75 years? Boom. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Mic drop. I love it. It's so true. So last question for you to wrap things up. What does it mean to be a wealthy and well woman for you? Like, what does that look like in your life? What, What do those words wealthy and well mean to you? I think that means being aligned and on purpose for a purpose, Hmm. right? Like having your life and your um, heart and soul all in alignment with what you're doing, with who's surrounding you, impacting the people um, in your circle and, and making a bigger impact in this world. Because I've always looked at it as at the end of the day, you can't take anything with you. So what are you, what are you leaving? What's the impact that you're leaving with people? Um, So I've been really trying to live with that mentality of being on purpose for a purpose. Love it. And Allie, where can our listeners find you? What do you have coming up? Give us the goods. Ah, come hang out with me. Um, My Instagram, my TikTok, my website, everything is the same. It's always ask coach Allie. Um, I do have a couple of different programs coming up, not only for the end of the year, but also for 2024. Um, I do both group and one-on-one coaching right now, as well as a few different freebies to help you kind of connect with self-love if you're not quite ready for coaching yet, but I'm always open to chat. So slide in the DMS, hang out with me. I've never met a stranger. So come, come, (laughs) come hang out. And I would love to chat more. Yes. We'll drop those links as well. Um, in the show notes and Allie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.